Well, good morning, church. That's definitely on that, isn't it? Um, It's good to be here again. Um, It's been a while since I've been up in this context. I'll put this down here before it rolls off. Um, And it's it's a privilege and an honour. Most of you might have seen me singing, um, and I have preached from time to time, and I thank God for the opportunity to be back here again this morning um, to, to serve and to continue our series. Um, so as I say, we're continuing our series this morning, My Story, Living the Story You Want to Tell. And if you haven't already, I would encourage you to look back or listen back to the previous two preaches we've had in this, ser- in this series. Um, week one was Pastor Barry, um, so go and listen to that. L- last week was Pastor Vicky, and I'm just I.O., and I'm just going to continue <laughs> doing um, what, what, what God has to do. Amen? Um, it's funny because I was listening to Hope Church TV um, last week, um, and what Pastor v- the context within, within which Pastor Vicky started was in the context of we've got a purpose that is God's. Um, and it's funny because before I was asked to preach this morning, God was speaking to me about it's his purpose. Um, and so I was like, God, should I move ahead? Should I move on? Should I go in a different direction? Um, and I didn't have a peace to do so. And so we are here this morning um, and we're going to dive into the word of God. But before we do that, um, let's say our corporate decoration together. And as we do that, let's, as the guys put it on the screen, let's say it in faith. Amen. Because when we say it in faith, it aligns our, our heart and our spirit with, our, with what we're saying. Okay. And it, and it gets us ready to, to, to do and believe what we're saying. Amen. Are we ready? Okay. I am a child of God. So I am entitled to all the benefits that brings. Right now, I'm ready to listen to all that God has to say to me and to respond with faith, belief, and be changed by his word. Amen. Amen. Come on. Like it. So as I've said, we're continuing our series this morning on my story, living the story you want to tell. But as I stand here, I stand here with a bit of a heavy heart um, because for those of you that follow the news in any form or context, um, and for those of you that know me, I'm from Manchester. Oi, oi! But on Friday morning, afternoon, some of you may have heard of the suspected terror attacks that happened again in Manchester. Um, And then yesterday my wife was travelling and her journey was disrupted, her train journey was drastically disrupted um, by um, an individual who felt they could no longer continue. And so what we have there are two sets of individuals. One who felt that their purpose in life was to do what they did on Friday and then the other who could no longer see or understand, obviously I don't know the context or the reasons, but who could no longer con- felt they could no longer continue. And so, as I begin, I want to address some very special people in the room. Um, where are all the young people? 
Ian. <laughs> We've got a row full of wonderful young people. We've got some people in. in <coughs> We've got those in high school. We've got those in college. We've got those in uni. And what I want to say is what we're talking about this morning is directly applicable to you. Don't sit here and think, oh, this is just for the grown-ups. Don't dismiss it and think, oh, how long have I got to sit here for? (laughs) What we're talking about is directly applicable to your life. And what we're talking about is purpose, which basically means, why are you here? Why do you do the things that you do? What are the reasons for which God is, or what are the reasons for what you're on the earth? And so, I want to start by asking us a question, which is, has your story been written, or is it in the process of being written? That's to say, has your purpose already been decided, or do we need to discover what our purpose is? And I guess, think about that for a couple seconds, um, and as you do that, I want to liken you all, or us all, I'll include myself in this, to a piece of furniture. I bet you didn't come to church to be likened to a piece of furniture. Um, But it gets better because I want to liken you all to a piece of furniture from my favourite place in the whole entire world. Ikea. The wonderful everyday. Um, No, I, I, I despise the place. Um, <laughs> thank you, Vicky. Um, even though I'll go for the meatballs and the jam. Amen. Amen. Oi, oi. <laughs> Love it. But back to the initial question of whether our story has already been written or whether it's being written. And what I'll say is it's both. Because we have this juxtaposition or this tension between the story that's been written and the story that is being written. In my hand, I have an instruction manual from the wonderful place of Ikea. What we see on the front is a story that's been written. And then as you open the pages, there's a story that is being written. And if I'm successful... I'll get my uh, illustration out. But ultimately, we need to understand that we have a purpose. You have a purpose and a reason for which you are here. If you're here, your story has been written. Who is here this morning? Good. So you need to know that your story has already been written. Every single one of us has a decided purpose. So, for example, when you go to Ikea, and this is for the impulse buyers, and you walk around, or you, I don't say walk, you get carted around the shop by the arrows, (laughs) and you... You might pick up something that, that picks your eye and you say, ooh, 
I like that. I like the look of that. That looks fancy. It might be decorative. It might be functional. But there's a purpose for which it was created and it's caught your eye. And you see, it's already been put together, our purpose. And eventually, we need to reveal the purpose that has been put together. And to un- unpack this a little more, I want to look at the story of a man called Abraham. Um, I'll probably end up just calling him a- Abraham because that's what we all, all know him by. But the point at which we, we arrive at the story is called Abraham. And I would encourage you actually to, because we don't have time to go into the whole story now, but I would encourage you to read the story of Abraham in the Bible. Abraham is a a wonderful man who, if we study his life, will challenge us. Because I'm going to say that when we see Abraham's story and what we're going to read, we'll see a man who began to build his flat pack furniture. <laughs> and to be honest, what we need to know really is, is that, that it's God's purpose for our life that we ought to live out. And so our story is his story that is already written for us that we need to live out. And so it then becomes incumbent on us or it becomes our responsibility to discover the sentences the paragraphs, the pages, and the chapters. And so, I guess, if you want some passages to support me saying that it's God's purpose, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans and purposes I have for you. If, it's, if God says, I know the plans and purposes, it means there is a plan and a purpose for your life. Or, I guess, you could look at Genesis 1 chapter 1 verse 26 where God says let us make man in our own image because then when you study the life of Jesus and see that Jesus walked the life this earth with purpose then if we're made in his image that also means that we must walk this earth with purpose and if you want examples of people in the Bible David Ordinary people who did extraordinary things. David was just a shepherd and God used him to rule a nation. Ruth was a widow who God used to save a nation. Josiah was a small boy, young people in here, who God used to rule a nation. The disciples, fishermen, who God used to turn the world upside down. And so, if you will, turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to read from verse 1 through to verse 9. Thanks, Gideon. (laughs) Cool. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from the country sorry, go from your country and your kindred, which basically means your people, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will be a blessing to those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
So Abram went. As the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. But he didn't know he was going to the land of Canaan at that point. And then when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give you this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and I on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. So the first thing that we notice, or we ought to notice, is that God gave no further instruction to Abraham or Abraham than go. Read it, it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country. And the rest of that sentence basically says, Leave everything behind. And for some of us, God has given a, a direction. He's given instruction. God said, go, do this thing, begin this thing, and your response is, yeah, where to? <laughs> you're like, yeah, God, I, I want to go, I want to do the thing that you're calling me to do, but just give me a bit more information. Give me a bit more direction. But God is saying, go to the land that I will show you. For some of us, we need to know that the direction that we're seeking comes in our progression. Which basically means that as we step out, God will give the direction. Because the more I study the Bible, the more I, I read and, and read the lives of people, what I see is God will give an instruction and will say go. But he won't give the whole picture. He won't give everything that is going to happen. Because I'm sure if God had said to Abraham, or Abraham go from the land that, I'm, that you are, Leave everything behind and go to the land that I'm showing you. And on the way, you're going to end up in Egypt where you're going to have to be crafty and, and tell this, this king that your, your wife's not really your missus. Um, and then on top of that, then you're gonna, I'm going to give you a sign which means that all the, the men in your, in your camp are going to feel a lot of pain for quite, quite some time because they're all grown men. And I'm going to do a lot of things in and through you. I'm sure his response may have been different. What we have to understand that as we go, God will give the direction and the further instruction in his time. Because some of us in here may have had a promise from God, may have had a, a, a vision for our lives and we're wondering, God, where is the manifestation of the thing? Why does it feel like I can't hear you. Why can I not see all the things that you're calling me to and, and speaking and you've spoken over my life? Yeah. But we have to trust that in his time, he will do it. Because yeah. as we look at this story, God said to Abraham, go to where I'm showing you. And then his only response, which we see in verse 4, is 
Abraham or Abram went. God said in verse 1, go, and in verse 4, Abraham went. And in between, God is saying, this is what, we'll, this is what I will make of you. Okay? He's not giving further instruction as to what it's going to look like. We see God's command and we see Abraham's response. And some of us have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And what that means is we have to get used to doing what God says we should do irrespective of what, we fe- what it feels like or what it may look like. We have to get comfortable to, with doing what God has instructed us to do. We have to have the obedience that Abraham had, which says, God, irrespective of what I might be missing from the instruction, irrespective of what else you're saying, God, I'm going to go because you've said I should go. We need to have and live lives of obedience that look like direct obedience to God. It doesn't say, okay, God, I hear you, I can hear what you're saying, just give me a bit more information while I sit and wait, while I ponder what it might look like, while I evaluate the plan and the purpose you've, you've, you've told me is for me. Yeah. It looks like God says, start this thing, and you start. It looks like God says, serve on this team, and you serve on that team. It looks like God says to you, start this initiative, and you start the initiative. And as we get comfortable with being uncomfortable, the next thing you will see is that more and more of the plans and purposes that God has got for you will be revealed. Because that's what we see here in in the story of Abraham. That as he continued to follow the instruction and direction that God gave him, because when Abraham got to the land of Canaan, God then said to him, I will give you the land of Canaan. Prior to that, God just said, go, and he went and found himself in the land of Canaan. I'd probably argue that he didn't just find himself there. The Holy Spirit led him there. And so as you arrive, as you take the step, as you live a life of faith, what you will see is God being who he is and making the, the crooked path straight. There's a, there's a friend of mine who um, I generally, well, I speak to all the time, recently got married, and one of the things that we, would, we discuss a lot is vision and purpose and living out what God has put in us. One of the things me and my wife talk about is dying empty. It doesn't mean we want to die tired and drained. It means we want to have lived out all that God has called for us to live out. But I said to my friend that, The enemy of our destiny is our comfort. When we're comfortable in life and comfortable in where we are, we won't step out. Or if we get too comfortable, we'll just stay where we are and we'll just do the things we've been doing and we'll get to the end of our lives and wonder what happened. We have to get used to doing what God says we should do when he says we should do it. And sometimes we have to stop looking at the grandiose vision for our lives, the overarching vision for our lives. That's important, but let's be honest, how many of us have focused on that vision and ignored what God has said in the moment? 
How many of us have spent time thinking, God, what's the vision for my life? God said, have this conversation or join this team. Yeah, but God, what's the vision for my life? (laughs) Five years passed, ten years passed, and we're still asking God, what's the vision for my life? And God's saying, just do the things that I've asked you to do in the moment. Like, the leading of the Holy Spirit will direct you if you listen, because Every, if you're a Christian in this room, we have the Holy Spirit. And you have all of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to get used to and accustomed to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because he's always speaking to us and always giving us direction. And really it's whether or not we want to listen. But if we're honest and we study the life of Abraham we see that he grew impatient and he grew frustrated. And if we're honest, a lot of us can grow tired and can grow frustrated. Because whilst we're waiting for the promise to, to come to pass, we say, God, you've, you've, you've given me this vision. You've given me this this." this this plan for my life or you've told me that I'm going to be used in X, X way and, and Z way and, and I'm still waiting God. And if you study the life of Abraham, I would say that he and his wife Sarai had a moment of weakness where they decided that they wanted to help God be God. Because God said to them, your descendants were gonna, are going are to, if you can count the stars, that's how many descendants you're going to have. And I guess they were thinking, well, if my descendants are going to number the stars, I need to have a kid. Logical, right? But then they look at their age and they say, we're getting on. And we have no kid yet. So how is this going to happen? And so they introduce Ishmael into the world. And how many of us through our impatience or weariness or frustration have introduced Ishmael's into our own world? And by that I mean we've introduced things and people into our lives that ought not to have been in there in the first place. And God is still God and God is still sovereign and he will bring to fruition his plans and purposes. But if we would just wait for God. You see, what we can do is we can, we can read the first instruction that God's given us. We can say, okay, the first instruction is, right, I need to put the, the, the legs on. Boom. Putting my legs on. God, I'm listening to you. I'm following your instruction. This is what you've said for me to do. I've, but, okay, you said that I'm going to be a chair. <laughs> and so... A chair has a back and it has a seat, so surely I've got to put this bit. And God's saying, no, just do the thing that I've asked you to do in the moment. Just put the legs on. Stay at step one, because that's the instruction that I've given you to do. That's the leading that I've given to you to do. And we can do that guy thing where you think, oh, it's only a chair. What happens with a chair? You sit on it. I don't know why I'm doing that walk. (laughs) 
forgive me. <laughs> Apparently, and all the guys said, I don't know what he's doing. Don't represent me. But that thing where we think we know better than the instructions. And so we jump to, there's only five in this one, but we jump to 15 and we say, oh, obviously this is what it's going to look like. And so, come on, love, wear me tools, bring me tools. And that might, anyway, never mind. <laughs> but we, we do this thing where we jump ahead and really all we had to do is follow step one and complete that. Like, spend all your energy and all your time. Not quite right, that one. Doing what God has instructed you to do. Follow the steps. I've, I've read them, so. <laughs> Follow the steps, which say, do exactly as God would have you do in the moment. I can do it, Appar- <laughs> apparently. Am I, f- am I following the instructions? Good question. Oh, that's a word. Anyway, we'll leave that for now before it takes too long. It's great when an illustration doesn't quite come together, in it? You get the point though, right? Yeah? For those that are on the podcast, I was trying to build a very simple kid's chair and failed. So what we need to know is that God has already written our story. And we should want to tell the story that God has written for us. Young people, if you're in here this morning, you should want to tell the story that God has got for your life. Don't just wait for the next phase in your life. Don't just wait for, oh, I need to get to the end of school or I need to get to the end of college and, and start doing what, what I think I need to do in my life. God is calling you right now where you are. Every single person in this room, don't just wait for the next thing, the next phase in your life. God is calling you right now. You have a purpose right now and it's for you to discover what that purpose is. And then you begin to see as you follow the beauty of what God has already designed. As you're faithful to the instructions in the moment, you will see over time the beauty of what God has constructed, which is your life. The beauty of what he's called you to, which is your purpose. And so, I guess this preach is split into two things what do we need to know which is number one that God is the one who's written our story and the second thing then is how do we discover that story how do we find out what God has got planned for us and so the first thing that I would say in terms of how we discover what God has got for us is we need to get out the way And that's difficult for a lot of us because we like to be in control. I was speaking to a friend this week and and he he was talking about a situation. He said it's difficult because I just want to be in control. And I laughed to myself and said, don't we all? (laughs) But how many things has God instructed us to do and and our response has been like, okay, cool. Just give me a bit more information so I can evaluate the plan and and see if that that makes sense or if that really works out or if that's really going to work in the context that I live in, as if God doesn't know. (laughs) 
If you turn with me to Isaiah 55, we're going to read verse 8 through 9. It says, for my thoughts, this is God speaking to Isaiah, says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God doesn't need our input in the formulation of a plan. What he desires is our obedience. Because we live in an age where, I guess, we're told that our voice is important or the most important. You can send out a tweet and let everybody know what your opinion is on the situation. You can start a blog and everybody must know your opinion on gourmet avocado toast. <laughs> and so we can get in a mindset that's, that, that we start to think that we need to help God out, even in our lives. Yeah. When all God needs is for us to follow the instruction he's given us, and get out of the way. Because in verse 9 it says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, who can quantify how high the heavens are from the earth in this room? None of us. I put my hand down, sorry. <laughs> and God says, So are my ways higher than yours. So it, it might not make sense because God's ways are so much higher than ours. And in the same way, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God created the intellect we have, and yet we think sometimes we can outsmart the one who created our intellect. So number one, we need to get out of the way. The second thing, if you turn to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 through 13, should be on the screen, it says, and this is God instructing Elijah, God says, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a gentle whisper when Elijah heard it. He wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Another translation um, describes a gentle whisper as a still, small voice. And from time to time, I like to study people that have been successful. I think there's things we can learn from people that are good at what, that excel in the craft that, that, that they have. And so on Netflix, there's a, there's a series at the moment um, and it's called Inside Bill Gates' Brain or Inside the Brain of Bill or something like that. About Bill Gates' brain. <laughs> and as I was watching the, the, the short series, I, I discovered that he does this thing once for a week in the whole year. He calls it Think Week. And basically what it means is that he takes himself away to a lake, no, a house on a lake. And all he does for a, a week by himself is read and study to understand and to, to get further insight on developing things, etc., etc. 
But then, if we think about the word of God, we will see we have a greater example of that, that sort of behavior. In Jesus Christ. So many times it says he withdrew from the crowd. And I'm saying that because the second thing we need to do is quieten the noise. Whether it's social media, whether it's the TV, whether it's everything going on around you. How many times do we think, okay, I need this information and so I need to know what I need to do. And what we do is we get busier. When really what we ought to do is to slow down and listen for what God has to say to us. And as we do that, we will get instructions. And you will hear the still small voice because it's usually the one that we ignore. It's that persistent, still small voice that says, do that. Do that. Do that. You say, God, give me a sign. And God's like, do that. Have that conversation. Start that initiative. Read that book. Study that topic. And so we have to get used to listening out and listening to God. Let's quieten the noise. And the third and final thing is, and we've talked about it already, but it's just do it. We go back to the story of Abraham and verse 4 and we'll see that God said go and he went. Folks, we have to understand that God has written our story and it's his story for our lives that we ought to want to tell. And by telling it, we're just living it out. The Bible talks about us being living epistles seen and read by all men. Basically means that you live your life the way God would have you live your life and you will be an example by the manner in which you live your life. But as we do what God is instructing us to do, we will see and discover the beautiful story he has for us. We should want to tell the story that God has for us. So the first thing we need to do is get out of the way. Let go and let God be God. Second thing is quieten the noise to hear God clearly. How clearly can you hear God's, like how clearly can you hear other people speaking when there's 15 other people speaking at the same time? How many of us would, would ask people to, one at a time please folks in order to hear clearly what somebody's saying, let alone when we're talking about our destiny and purpose and all that God has for us. It's quieting the noise to hear God clearly. And finally, in number three, just do what God has asked you to do. Don't be so fixed on the large vision that we fail to be obedient in the moment. I believe for some people in here, God's reminding you of things that, that he's asked you to do. And I guess the question to that is, will you do it? Yeah. Or, 
in 12 months time will you still be frustrated because you've seen no movement God's like I can make you do the things that I want you to do but I would rather partner and work alongside you to accomplish the visions that I have for your life and I believe that as we do those things we'll begin to live the story that we want to tell Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you.